Hello and welcome to the premiere episode of Here's Johnny's Reviews. Uh, um, I'm not really a film buff or I'm not really technically minded in film, but I guess I'm a film geek. So I decided to try myself my hand at this podcast lock. And since I saw it in a cinema this Halloween season, and since it's one of my favourite horror films, I'm going to review The Shining, starring Jack Nicholson, Shelley Duvall, Danny Lloyd, and Skyline Covers, directed by Stanley Kubrick, based on the Stephen King book. And yes, that's where I got the name from too. Hmm. Well, where to start? Well, I guess with the King book, which I have read 20 or so times and loved it. The following book, eh, not so much, with its psychic vampires feeding on the life, soul, or blood, if you will, of the children to the alcoholic uh, Danny, uh, which made make no sense since his father was an alcoholic. Oh, I suppose it makes sense, actually. I mean, was it nature versus nurture debate and stuff like that? Um, to the freaky, quote, death cat. Uh, this thing is all over the place, frankly. However, it's worth a read on one of these cold winter nights. But anyway, onto the movie itself. Well, what can I say about this bona fide classic? Well, this movie differs greatly from the King book, and I like some of the changes that could have done to it, but not them all, uh, such as the ending. Uh, hmm. Um, as King. So the Kubik didn't really care for King's book, uh, and refused to even use King's draft um, of his own story, even though it was part of the contract that was signed when he bought the rights to the book. Mm. And as we're saying, the Kubik directed this thing uh, between seventy-seven and seventy-nine. Um, uh, and unfortunately, I am not one of these film buffs or film fans that um, worship at the altar of Kubrick, because frankly, most of his movies are just plain arty-farty bullshit, such as 2001, which I saw in the cinema last December. And I thought at least 40-45 minutes could be cut from it, uh, from its long, boring Opening to the wanky floating space stuff, to the what the hell ending with the space baby. Mm. But anyway, back to the shining itself. Since I'm not here to review a movie I don't like, I'm here to do one that I am, uh, that I do like rather. Um, let's start with the flaws first. Well, okay then. The flaws are when Jack goes nuts with the axe. Uh, and Wendy is trapped in the toilet with nowhere to go. Why didn't he attack Wendy with the axe? Uh, or even give her a good butt over the head with the the um, uh, handle, you know? Um, and then, of course, there's... Why didn't Jack use the axe to free himself from the maze? I mean, the maze was on more bushes. Although I suppose he was whacked over the head of Rachel Batchford on a flight of stairs, but still. Another thing that kind of bugged me was Dick Howlin. After all, his whole speech about him 
having the shine power and he can talk to his granny for hours on end without even speaking a word, yet he doesn't seem to see Jack's axe as it plunges into his chest. Hmm. I'm going to say that. I suppose he had to die in order for Danny to escape and give Wendy her way out. But that's a really weak and easily cheap way to kill off a character. Um, a few other things that slightly bugged me was how could a small boy, about what, 5, 6, um, manage to survive the freezing cold only wearing a pair of fashionable 70s trousers and a jumper uh, yet his father dies mind you as I said before he does have a head injury and if I believe he has a broken ankle if not fractured ankle um, but maybe Danny uses his shining powers to keep him warm somehow but I don't see how well maybe if Danny took over uh, helped his Helped him to outsmart his lunatic dad. Hmm. A few other things that annoyed me was to Val's Wendy. A whole she did throughout this bloody movie was cry and whimper and be meek and pathetic and chain smoke. Now, maybe this is just my modern mind taking over, but come on. I mean, that's kind of like her olive oil, uh, which uh, she starred in that god awful Popeye movie out the same year. Also, Nicholson's Jack was never the nice guy as it was supposed to be. He was supposed to be a, a born-again man. A man fighting his anger issues and his alcoholism issues and his, I'm guessing, power issues. Power... Anyway. Um, uh, but you can see in his eyes right from minute one... When he sat down with Stuart Aldman, or as a bit calls it, the auspicious little prick Stuart Aldman. And the way his eyes light up when Aldman talks about Delbert Grady and his family with the, the, the axe killing his little daughters and his wife and then blowing his head off with a double barrel shotgun. Hmm. See, the main flaw, apart from the way like, Kubrick filmed things and how things were out of place and how the construction of the hotel doesn't make much sense because from interior is different from the exterior and exterior side shots different from the exterior of the front is the stupid conspiracy flying around this thing such as Kubrick faked the moon landings and uh, he this was his basically saying I did it um, people saying that the pattern of the floor matches the launch pad um, from one of the Apollo space shuttles. Uh, yeah, the the pattern that Danny plays in with his little toys and the fact that Danny is wearing an Apollo jumper. Yeah, that's the stretching of when really desperate. But the whole other thing I can understand is the whole racist Native American slant, which to be fair, I can see because from the the way the hotel's interiors are designed um, to the food cans and the, the cold storage room but ultimately I would say what a lot of shit because frankly Kubrick was looking for a guaranteed smash hit and he was desperate to do horror 
Um, because his previous film, which was a good, what, uh, four or five years earlier, was the flop, what that was, Barry London. And since King's books were huge at the time, and his film adaptations weren't yet in the toilet, as they were with others, such as the infamous Maximum Overdrive, this was going to be a guaranteed smash hit. Unfortunately, Kubrick, being the absolute nutjob that he was, and King, being the egotistical maniac that it was, this took years to come out, as I said before, filming started in 78 and I believe finished in 79, uh, it was edited for a good year before it was released in 1980, um, but in that time there was a lot, and I do mean a lot of bad blood between both camps, but anyway, I best shut up if I get my ass sued, you know, shit, you're gonna get sued. Anyway, back to the movie, uh, which I says took over two years to film and was never really finished according to some number of Kubrick. Like apparently he was still cutting the the film on the, the set of his final movie, the god awful Eyes Wide Shut. Um, okay, moving on, because uh, I'm going to review that movie because that movie is just terrible. Um, and is just all over the place. See, what I do feel sorry for is Duval, because apparently, due to the infamous Here's Johnny scene, she can all go cry because her tear ducts have dried up. Although, I'm not sure if that's actually technically possible. Uh, although, I think it could be because he, she was told to cry constantly and wail and moan for nine days solid as Jack swings and smashes through the doors right onto the doors himself that Jack smashes through were actually real doors because the first few doors were prop doors and unfortunately Nicholson was a fire marshal um, or a volunteer fire marshal actually and he smashed through these doors far too easily so they gave him real hardwood doors and a real fire axe and I believe that there's 36 doors and 9 axes to do this scene um, and apparently Nicholson uh, lost his voice um, okay then I wish this As we seen, lost his um, voice. Hmm. See, watching the movie the first time with a real live studio audience in a packed cinema full of a mixture of people putting the stuck up film students and the stuck up film buffs. It was a real eye-opener because I have only ever watched this thing in the comfort of my own home on Blu-ray or DVD or of course on TV. What most people were laughing at and heckling it and jeering at it, uh, especially the way Wendy was acting and strangely the way Jack goes completely nuts uh, and his powerhouse performance as uh, John Jack Torrance. Or Jack Thomas is in the, in the 
the movie, which is where he goes and gets the here's Johnny from, because his name is actually John, but yeah. Um, anyway, back to, to my point. Uh, when he uses the whole, I'm not going to hurt you, Wendy, I'm just going to bash your fucking head in, the crowd erupted in gales of laughter, which I went, no, that's supposed to be terrifyingly, well, grab your armrest, terrifying, not hilarious. Also, when Danny used his Tony voice, which I should explain, this is never explained in the movie, but Danny's middle name is Anthony, and Tony is in fact his future self, telling him things that will or might happen to him in the future. Uh, except I think early on in the movie, Danny is eating a sandwich, and you can notice he's took a small child bite of it, it cuts back to Wendy, and it cuts back to Danny, and there's a huge adult bite out of it. Now, this could be from bad editing on Kubik's behalf, um, or this could be Kubik telling us, or actually showing us that Tony is actually Danny. Yeah, well, hmm, I'm not sure about that one, but it does bring to me to psychic powers, a staple of King Book. Well, that one also, as his other main staples are a teacher, a gang of greasers, a place in Maine, well, except for this one, which is based in Colorado, because as the story goes, during one trip uh, with uh, King and his wife Tabitha, they spent the weekend, if not it was a night or a weekend, in a supposed haunted hotel called the Stanley Hotel, uh, which the uh, was now well, was renamed, oh no, renamed sorry, was named Overlook in the book. Uh, anyway, sorry, I lost my train of thought there. Um, later we booked into the hotel, it was almost empty as it was nearly closing season, but they were given the run of the hotel, um, they were given a, a lavish meal and in a huge ballroom, there was only they two and a handful of other people, and the band was playing away and pretty much stuff like this. But anyway, after one too many drinks, uh, King get lost in the hallways of this hotel, and this is where the gem of the idea for The Shining came from. Hmm. But anyway, what I don't get, well, what, sorry, what I do get was the laughter coming for Wendy, because let's face it, she was meek, pathetic, and really, really, was, I don't know, kind of spineless, which annoyed me, because in my modern eyes, she should have been a bit more tough, she started off weak, meek, and, and sort of got more more guts, I mean, even at the end of it, when she's swinging the, the bat and brains jack, she still sounds like she's a pathetic little weakling. Hmm. But, like I said, that's just the way it was written for the 70s, you know. Um, and I'm using my modern eyes to do this one. But anyway, on to Nicholson's Jack, which, as I says, was never really a nice guy, as he goes bugs nuts almost from the first scene. And he swiftly throws Wendy under the bus to the phantom bartender Lloyd um, mm, yeah this guy's a, a nice person mm -hmm. 
But anyway, and what I do love it is when he goes completely bug nuts and smashes through doors with a fire axe. There's no tomorrow, trashing the place and just overall completely losing it. <laughs> you know, uh, although in seeing that, I won't, I wouldn't blame him because frankly, that Overlook Hotel was a complete utter hellhole. Or if it's creepy little twins, which I should clarify aren't actually twins, but they are sisters. It is actually stated in the movie what they are eight and ten, not twins. To the creepy, rotting old witch in the bathtub that attacks Danny and seduces Jack, turning herself into a seductress, then showing her real form as the haggard Dean. Decomposing gross old woman. Um, to whatever the hell Wendy's temp stumbles across, um, with the guy in the bear suit and giving the other guy in the tuxedo a blowjob, to the frankless sinister Delbert Grady, the former caretaker uh, of Loverlook, the one that actually chopped up his little daughters and wife and then blew his head off with a double barrel shotgun. Hmm. See, what I don't get is the whole shiny debate is, was it all in Jack's head? Is he schizophrenic? Does he shine like Danny does also? Or was it cabin fever? Or is it actually ghosts? Well, the ending smashes that where Wendy's seeing them and Jack miraculously getting out of cold storage and if that wasn't a ghost then what was it? Hmm. So, to wrap this up, I'm going to give this an 8 out of 10, because this is a bona fide classic, and it should be seen with a live audience, uh, or the best format you can actually see this thing in, with great surround sound, because this sound is so spectacular, and it's the, the framing of the shots are so fantastic in this, you have to see this in as biggest format as you can. However, I would suggest you give the book a read after you see the movie because if not you'll get the two confused and, and you'll be saying oh the book's better than the movie, oh no the movie's better than the book and yada yada yada. I would also give Dr. Sleep a read but as I said it's one for a cold winter's night. But then I would finally do the King TV miniseries which is a complete joke of its own but anyway as I says Thank you for listening, and I'll be back with another review real soon. Bye.